feature presentation. Welcome back to another untitled movie review from Sundance 23. I am one of your hosts. That's the only time I've done that intro that way. <laughs> Matt Rohrbeck alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt, we're on the last in, uh, interview <laughs> review of the day. See, we're both a little <laughs> bit loopy at this point, but I think it actually fits nicely into the tone and the headspace of this kind of whimsical melancholy um, that we're going to be talking about. And also, I mean, this is a, a movie that sets the 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 record straight that cream that cream cheese uh, that, that that cottage cheese is a curd. I've been eating a lot of cottage cheese over the last couple of weeks, Eric. You've been curtaining you know it up there, buddy? You know way too much about it. Uh, <laughs> today, we are reviewing <laughs> Rachel Lambert's Sometimes I Think About Dying, starring Daisy Ridley and Dave Merhage. Right? I think I got that right. Uh, shout out to Dave. He's from Canada. I've, I've, this is the thing. When we do these reviews, I go, I look up people's names. Um, I try to pronounce them right and I still get them wrong. So I, I apologize, Dave Merhage Merhage. It's a great last name. Eric, how are you? Matt, I'm, I'm good. I'm feeling better than Dave Merhage right now. So why Dave, Dave's great in this movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just he's mean Canadian. If he's listening to um, us right listening now, listening to like... me, try to say his name. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. Dave, you're great Dave. in the film. You're awesome. Um, he's great. He's yes. really great. Um, Eric, how are you? I'm good, Matt. I'm good. I think, you know, we've gotten to that Merhage. point. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I We're got in it. a bit of a Merhage right now, a bit of a, a hazy Merhage. Um, we're at this point where, you know, we're at the it's end of the Merhage. Festival. I got it wrong. It's Merhage. It's Merhage. <laughs> Dave, Merhage. We are so sorry. <laughs> we are idiots. Um, clearly, but we, uh, we both loved your performance and the film. Um, it's always just interesting where we get to this moment and we are, you know, four or five reviews in and you're trying to kind of keep everything in sync. Uh, but at the same time, you know, your your brain is not on that kind of level of, of getting through, you know, just a simple <laughs> review. So maybe you're daydreaming. Maybe you're just, yeah, that was, you know, in relation to the movie. Yeah. But I think it's a good little movie, dude. Like, again, I think here's a quick synopsis for everyone. So uh, sometimes I think about dying. Fran, Daisy Ridley, is a socially awkward office worker who spends most of her time in isolation and daydreams of her own death when a new colleague uh, pricks the bubble of her isolation. I like that little description. That's actually pretty accurate compared to some of the other descriptions we've read. Um, I think this is a wonderful little movie. This was early on in the fest uh, for both of us. Um, I think after a couple movies I wasn't so hot on. This was, um, I think it's wonderfully stylistic. Um, I, you know, I, I think that trope of, you know, a character kind of imagining things or daydreaming or, or, or dreaming about something is a little bit overdone. I've seen that as, even in this Sundance way too many times. Um, but I think in this movie, it kind of really fits the, you know, depressed and kind of um, mundane state of mind that Fran is going through. And I think it has a wonderful little performance from uh, performances from Daisy Ridley and Dave Merhedge. Um, and I, I just found myself really kind of like cheering for Fran, like much like if she was 
in Star Wars, Daisy Ridley, like um, with Ray, of just wanting her to succeed in life and wanting her to get out of this funk and get out of her depression. And like every little step that she takes to kind of come out of her shell and do something different and try to make friends and try to, you know, uh, go on dates with with Robert and, and, and things like that. Like I found myself literally kind of cheering um at my screen like it was a superhero movie or a star wars movie and like i just felt like it perfectly captured that kind of office life especially in a small town of that kind of repetitive kind of uh, depressing nature of it all where your life's not really going anywhere and you're just doing the same thing every day you don't have many friends you just go home and you just don't really do anything and like i think that's a very relatable thing to many people and i feel like daisy ridley captures that so wonderfully with Fran and then as you see this kind of relationship blossom whether it's platonic or romantic and and her come out of her shell like I mentioned is just uh, I think really really wonderful and I think the movie has a great style to it too I love the cinematography of how this small town on outskirts of seattle right like um, oregon just oregon. outside o- oregon okay portland outside. i thought they mentioned seattle at one point isn't well the, seattle's robert mentioned because robert originally comes robert from is seattle, from seattle that's he, why i thought it was near seattle but, but he also went to oregon montreal's mcgill university yeah, which gets yeah. a mention so that's kind that's of probably cool that well. canadian connection right yeah. and i just love the cinematography of this small little like uh port town like this like not seaside but like well it is know, it um, is kind of like a it sleepy is, guess, like, seaside yeah. kind of community and it adds yeah. to the sort of the whimsy of it the the fantasy elements of it because it's it, it does feel like you know like the fog coming in in the morning some yeah. days and um the quality of of you know going to work but it, it the, the the architecture and the roads kind of also reminding you a little bit of like san francisco where like yeah. everything is kind of on, almost on a hill and, and and the older architecture like there's 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 a lot of character within the the architecture and the location itself and that kind of adds to the the whimsy but also like the fantasy elements of it you also have these great little kind of interactions with other colleagues at you know Fran's place of work and I think like just list, being a fly on the wall and listening to everybody talk about sort of maybe either mundane things or or have kind of little um, comedic anecdotes about life or just how they're kind of going about their day. It almost has like a radio kind of play, kind of like a stage play yeah. version where you could close your eyes and just listen to the conversation. One conversation. Yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like, again, like Fran is also a little bit of a conduit to that world where it's like, you know, she's kind of invisible at first, kind of almost disappearing into, you know, the production design or just in the, prison like cubicle that she's in and kind of avoiding any kind of interaction or social kind of you know acceptance in any way or or form and then when robert comes in she's slowly kind of coming out of her bubble a little bit but it's it's interesting even when she has these kind of fantasies not morbid fantasies per se but almost like maybe there's some sort of um you know peace and catharsis in thinking about your death in a way that's almost weirdly therapeutical just wanting to feel something right yeah Yeah, that's kind of it right like and i i feel like that was what's so relatable and i I, i've worked in offices before and i've been as in you know we're two guys who have a podcast and you you can call us attention seekers or extroverts for that but i feel like i'm very much an introvert i think you are as well where i think we've been that person in a social setting where 
you are you you want to be that extrovert and you want to kind of be part of it at, at least you in your mind you think you want to be part of it but when you're in that situation you're standing off to the side or you don't know how to talk to people or small talk makes you cringe right like you might be listening to those small conversations around the office but you're like that sounds like a goddamn nightmare and i don't want any part of it right but you <laughs> but you see these other people that that it's just their personality and they're able to have those and take interest in people and things like that and it really kind of hinders you um when you're such an introvert and you're and and just and you're depressed right like and i felt like it was a really you know understanding you know portrait of a depressed person like i just i i never felt like you know you said like these daydreams about dying uh, you know i i mentioned this that we mentioned to my sister that this was a great movie. Um, and she's like, man, that title is really, you know, like awful, not in awful of like, just like sometimes I think about dying as, a, as you know, it, it sounds like you're thinking about killing yourself. It's right? a provocative statement about depression. Yeah. And, and, and it kind of even has um, almost a weirdly aggressive kind of state. I mean, killers does too, which is the, the stage play it's based yeah. on. So it kind of like, either one of those is kind of like sure you know descriptive in a way that kind of feels like oh is this like either an action movie or like a thriller or you know some sort of depressive meditation on life that you know yeah. is a very much a, a film festival kind of movie and it is a film festival movie in a lot of ways but it's oh, yeah. kind of working on the like it doesn't it kind of avoids the stereotypes i think of of what you would expect this kind of movie to be it, it it embraces certain aspects of the melancholy of the mystery of the heightened reality but then also kind of again it grounds the material in a world where you know we can understand how this person is feeling and how the performance is so in tune with the character and the environment that she's in. And it's not necessarily like, oh, a great actor is dressing down in order to kind of better, you know, um, involve herself in the environment that she's in. Like it, it feels genuine to the performance that Daisy Ridley's giving, but also to the other people she's interacting with. Like even like the way that the movie begins with, you know, the last day of a colleague, uh, Caroline and, and Carol, Carol, yeah. and where that goes, like that is such, a there's such a great monologue, like later in the movie that is, is so good. Like yeah. she delivers like that actress, Marcia de Bonis. Um, uh, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> That's probably not how you say it, but is she it is Debois? so no, it's D E B O N I S and the B is capitalized. So D Boni, uh, D bonus. Anyways, Carol, uh, the character Carol Marcia, wonderful, just great. Like it, she felt so naturalistic, dude. And that's kind of what this, the vibe, like everyone felt natural in their roles. Like, um, there's some movies, the Sundance, especially I, I, I kept saying to Nevis being like, they're just so written. Like I can just see through the seams where I'm like, people aren't talking like you would in real life. And that can work in some films, right? With a, you know, stylized nature and things like that. But when you need to ground it in reality, like, and this movie has some fantasy elements like Eric mentioned, but like all the characters feel natural. And that's what I really loved. And, and, 
yeah, Carol's whole arc and and how what Fran learns from Carol, someone that she probably didn't interact with much at the office, but Carol was always kind to her and, and nice to her and kind of gives you a different perspective on life and, and your office and where you work and things like that, right? You might view it one way, but someone views it a completely different way or, or you don't understand what you have until it's gone kind of thing. And then um, which goes in in multiple facets in, in Carol's uh, beautiful monologue that she has, or beautiful scene she has at the at near the last act of the movie. But yeah, she's wonderful, dude. She's so good. Yeah, and even just to enjoy, you know, life in the moment, not not yeah. in a kind of uplifting way that it's like you know take uh, advantage of every day, but to really understand that maybe what you're building towards, whether it be retirement and, you know, pleasure cruises and things like that, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get there. And, and, and the moments that you have, it's going to make you happy beforehand. You have to make sure that you, you, you take advantage of those little things in life. And, you know, like it has a great opening title credit sequence. That's that's phenomenal. Uh, Brie Elrod from, from uh, red rocket has a small role uh, as, as a, a, a diner, uh, 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 as a waiter that comes oh, yeah. and, and kind of helps out. But yeah, there's just these little touches that feel genuine. And, and I think like, again, you know, a lot of these movies, this movie could have gone in that direction of being, you know, insincere and disingenuous with how it's portraying the culture and the world that it's inhabiting. But it's also really, really funny at times. Like there are moments where there are certain cuts or there are certain lines of dialogue like there's a great bit about and it's just a second where robert you know is is wanting to make pasta and he's just moved into this new <laughs> yeah. place and it's like yeah. you think i can make pasta in this 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 pan basically like not yeah, even the deadpan delivery pie. is really great yeah yeah all of that stuff is really good like and that's what i mean it feels natural but still very funny right like it doesn't feel like a punchline. and his love of movies like robert's love of movies we just discussed shortcomings where i said like you know, it doesn't feel like how people who love movies really talk. Like, I think they do a really good job with Robert and his love of movies of someone who understands that certain movies aren't going to be for everyone, but I really love these movies. And this is, you know, he has posters littered around his house and DVDs and stuff like that. And, um, I just thought they did a good job with his background of being a movie lover that I felt was also very believable. And yeah, you mentioned the style of the movie. Like I love, we mentioned the cinematography by Dustin Lane, but like, I love how he shoot that little seaside town. It's got that again, sucker for a grainy look with a interesting aspect ratio and, and, you know, flamboyant, but still really stylized title sequence that I feel like fits that kind of, um fantasy element that they bring in with her visions or not her visions her daydreams and things like that so like uh, i just the overall style of the movie is really great and then it's just surrounded by this wonderful daisy ridley performance that feels very naturalistic and yeah the editing the way that it cuts is like perfect punch lines but also feels very believable and natural and i feel like um, yeah, I just, I, I thought this was wonderful for someone who, you know, suffers from, you know, I wouldn't say like maybe as, as much as Fran is in this movie. I just found myself like relating to it a lot. Um, really cheering for the character. Like they do such a good job of getting, you know, you wanting her to succeed, I think, and really 
caring and giving a shit about Fran throughout. So every little, just these little victories she would have, like felt like, you know, climbing up Mount Everest and, and you, it's hard to explain, but if you, if you know, people who have suffered with depression and, and, and stuff like that, or you suffer from whatever you're dealing with, it's just like, and loneliness, I think is well. loneliness. Yeah. Like, um, those little victories of just going out with friends or making a new friend or going on a date or something like that. Like they're these huge things like they're, you know, make a mountain out of a molehill, but like sometimes it is a mountain, even though it's a molehill for some people, like, um, it's, that's what I found. I was like, man, this movie's doing such a good job for every little thing. I'm like, fuck yeah, Fran. Yeah. Go on that date. I'm like, fuck yeah, Fran participate in the murder mystery and like do a good job with it. And like each little thing I was like, so on her side. So you see her character grow throughout this whole thing. And she still is struggling with everything by the end. But like, I feel like her growth throughout this was just such a wonderful thing to watch. And it's paced so well. Again, 91 minutes. What they can do in 91 minutes, I think, is great, too. Yeah. And and I'm just looking at some of the notes I took. Like, just there's little things that even with some of her coworkers, again, like that one meeting where they're you know, bringing Robert in for the first time and you know, oh they're, they're, they're introducing everybody. <laughs> yeah. The one guy I love the most was rich when like, it's like, there's a picture of you like fishing. It's like, I don't fish. And so my line is my, my, my one sort of like uh jot note is rich. Don't fish. Um, but like, even with Fran, it's like, I'm Fran and I like cottage cheese. And like, that's the whole thing where they're like talking. It's, it's a good way to, to get out exposition in such a, a short amount Learn of about time. each character very quickly, quickly yeah, yeah and, and get a little bit of info on them and and just like kind of like that office kind of uh world building in a way and and like just those little things i think are really lovely as well and then even sort of like the play between them with the emails that they're sending back and forth has this really kind of you know not cutesy but it, it, there's something really charming oh, about slack? it oh yeah. no they also email but they also slack message one yeah and i like that as well too. where like you know they're talking back and forth about like that's where you learn about you know cre- uh, i keep wanting to say cream cheese because i'm more of a cream cheese guy than i am a, a cottage cheese cottage person cheese. um but like her talking about cottage cheese and cottage cheese is weirdly reflective of like the kind of like plainness that maybe the character feels like invisible and yeah. kind of can be put on anything but necessarily doesn't feel like she's contributing anything that's really special, but there is something about her that is still very much of value. And and again, like it's not changing her world in a way that's going to like, you know, reinvent her as a person. But I feel like even like the little things that maybe we're not as familiar with, like even when Daisy Ridley's character is talking about how she grew up in the quiet place or the quiet zone. And like, of the town there was like a quiet side yeah yeah and how some of the characters are like oh that must have been really terrible for you and she's like no i really loved it and it kind of gives you some insight to again how the character is kind of very you know reserved in a lot of ways and like watching this movie you're just kind of frustrated that you know post star wars daisy ridley has had not a struggle but like the studio system or, you know, the, the, the film industry hasn't been able to give her other roles like this. And it's like, it's, she's kind of languished in more like, let's get her in another tent pole or let's get her in another sci-fi movie. And let's like, kind of not give her something like this that is so nuanced and, and subtle, but also there's something beautifully calibrated to having a character 
open themselves up over the course of, of a story. And, and yeah, like it's so weird because she's so good in those star Wars films, but I also feel like, again, like she has so much potential, you know, as, as an actor that when you're watching this, it's like, man, they've really, they really need to give her more roles that are not like traditional. Like let's put you in the movie star role. Let's, let's give her more stuff like this to do. And let's let, you know, her find a voice outside of that and like i mean it's just it's such a shame that like that's that it's taken this long to get to that point. yeah like maybe not the Kristen stewart route right but something like that like or more, kira knightley uh, i mean like kira, kira, kira knightley, knightley and sure. daisy ridley but i just mean someone who was in a big tent pole kind of thing that goes well, to do more interesting well pirates of, of the caribbean Knight, right yeah. like like you you're, think, right, like, you're right you're right that after that like she kind of came into her own with joe wright's pride and prejudice but it, there was a moment there where it's like you become you know a commodity in hollywood where it's like you're a discovery in this film and let's put you in everything and see if it's six like we've talked about this before but colin Farrell but i don't even think that like really that. happened with her right like she did well, pop up in you know murder on the orient express and, and there was that and then you know the chaos there, walking that was the other big one right where it's like let's put her in another kind of sci-fi adjacent franchise movie that I've, will potentially... I've blocked that movie from my mind i forgot i think most I people have it. i think probably even tom holland and daisy ridley have at this point because that was a movie <laughs> that that went through tons of reshoots that went through um it just it became a nightmare for the people that were working on it and i think actually charlie kaufman did a rewrite on on one of the the, the that drafts. was 2021 i can't yeah. even but it was delayed for even. so long as well yeah. so you know like it's it's just really fascinating where like you have somebody who is in one of the biggest franchises ever and for the most part was really acclaimed in in you know the star wars movies that she was in specifically i think both force awakens and last jedi and then kind of afterwards struggled to find work and kind of you know keep that momentum going and this movie is like okay like she is so good guys let's keep finding roles that are offbeat or maybe not just putting her in the hero roles or not putting her in roles that you know we expect actors to kind of continue to play on you know let's not always yeah. have to think like oh Daisy, when when is daisy ridley going to be in a marvel movie or is when is daisy ridley going to be in the next blockbuster thing like you know which i'm sure it could also happen but i mean it's just uh yeah give her a shot with some smaller stuff because she's excellent in this um, I'm going to give the movie a four to five. I really, really liked it quite a bit. It's one of my kind of top four Sundance movies. There was like a handful of movies that I really, really liked. I tweeted them out. It's this theater camp. Eileen. What else am I missing? Uh, you hurt my feelings. You hurt my feelings. Those four are quite good. Um, I don't think this, sorry, Eric, you go ahead with your final thoughts and then I'll talk about these. Yeah. I was just going to say like overall as a wrap up, Daisy Ridley's reserved performance. And sometimes I think about dying personifies a state of seclusion that's deeply felt. And when watching this, you honestly are, as you mentioned, Matt, you are always on the character's side. You're excited to see her integrate herself more into social settings as the story progresses. And, you know, the the romance that does blossom between Fran and Robert doesn't feel contrived or forced in that kind of like, oh, this character comes in and saves her in any way. Like it's it's so yeah. kind of like like he has problems, too, that we didn't even get into. Yeah. And like in terms of him trying to figure out 
love and romance and relationships, but he's also kind of a guy that feels very sincere, but he can also be a go-getter. And so like, there's, there's a lot there to like, and again, the humor I think is, is, is really funny in just the editing, you know, like there's, there's a moment that involves just like having this kind of dark, but kind of beautiful shot. And then it kind of being interrupted by someone you know, in a copy room machine, <laughs> like, yeah, like that yeah, stuff is very, very funny. So, yeah, no, it's very, very good. Um, doesn't have distribution yet, right? No, correct. No, it's not yet, yeah, but I'm sure so, it will get picked up I by hope. someone, even if it's like yeah. IFC films or, you know, a, a smaller company, maybe even like, you know, neon or someone like that will pick it up, but it is, it, it, it probably still will be a hard sell because it is such a little movie that is not, playing on the kind of it's not a it's not a a showy movie in any way it's not um an overly dramatic film it's not spoon feeding you it's Mm. it's it is a hard sell so i wouldn't be surprised if it is a smaller um distributor you think someone on daisy ridley alone right being in one of the biggest franchises that they would take a shot on it and um i hope so because it's great so i hope people are able to see it um we'll keep an eye on that we'll let you guys know on our main show untitled movie podcast if any of these sundance films that we reviewed uh get picked up uh, as an update uh we have a new episode of that uh over on that channel and on youtube uh, where we talk about the oscar nominees as well as uh, the Critics' Choice winners. Uh, this past Sunday was episode three of HBO's The Last of Us, and Eric and I happened to have an HBO Last of Us after show podcast called The Cast of Us, where we talked about episode three long, long time. For a long, long time. It was a two-hour after show. Uh, so go please check that out. We'll have another episode the next Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern. We'll have a new episode every Sunday after The Last of Us. Uh, so go check out that on podcast services and on youtube as well as all of our other sundance reviews and all of our other reviews right here on untitled movie reviews uh one stop shop for everything is untitled underscore movies over on letterboxd and as always my name is matt Robeck. you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. and i'm eric march and you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at em6211 Until next time. Cottage cheese for the world, please.